You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to a slightly later edition of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. We've got our all-star panel this week, we're delighted to be joined by as always, Mark, not Brian Wilson. Mark, how are we? <laughs> Hi, fine, thanks Scott. It's been a, a busy week in Scottish football, so looking to get stuck into it. Yeah, definitely, we're going to be dissecting all the action that's taking place over the weekend. We're also joined by Shankar. Shankar, how are we? Hi, I'm good Scott, as, as Mark says, it's... It's been a successful week for the national team and stuff and, and a big week of domestic football as well this weekend, so get going in. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we don't have Brody this week, so I've turned to my brother, Callum. Callum, you're back on the show. How are we? The I best one, Pike. <laughs> aye, the best one by a long shot. Uh, no, I'd like to be back on and uh, buzzing to talk about the, the, the football at the weekend and um, see how things go tonight. Yeah, definitely. We'll get stuck in, obviously. A bit of sad news over the weekend and We'll touch on the sad passing of Betty Old. Obviously, Lisbon Lyon, that passed away on Sunday, age 83. Wilson, obviously, we'll, we'll touch on his, his legacy in a, a couple of minutes. But first of all, another really sad loss, and it's been a, been a really bad month. Absolutely terrible news. Um, again, you, you, you see a lot of the kind of accolades coming in now about the type of person he was. There's obviously been a lot of stuff in social media, you know, about the kind of stuff he did at the match day hospitality at Celtic and you know, kind of jokes and songs recently. But again, you have to remember he was a fantastic player as well. Yeah. You know, um, a part of the Lisbon lines, as you mentioned in the intro. Um, and it's just, it's just sad. And as I say, it was so, I, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I thought the, the minute silence at Hamden the other night um, for Walter Smith and Bertie Old was, was very poignant. Although I sometimes think, I know and it's very, very sad, but I, I sometimes think for two greats like that, I always think maybe a round of applause would probably have been a wee bit um, better as well. You know, it is always, as I say, it is always sad, but I think when you get two absolute, well, greats of Scottish football, then, as I say, a minute's applause might have been more poignant. But as I say, it was a, it was a ter- terrific player as well. You know, you've got, you got to remember that. Um, and it's sad, it's sad times um, at Celtic Park just now. Yeah, and obviously we'll, we'll touch on Betty Old's record as a player, obviously 12 Major trophies with Celtic, obviously part of that infamous Lisbon Lions team that won the 1967 European Cup for Celtic. Wilson, what gets me about that Celtic team then is how many players came for junior football? Very old, obviously, Mary L. Harp, obviously Bobby Lennox is at RB, uh, Stevie Chalmers, Ashfield. Just shows you how unbelievable achievement that was and Betty Old was a big part of that. <clears throat> Absolutely, but I, I think, you know, Scott, even from those times, I think that's where these guys... Um, had to cut their teeth, you know. Yeah, exactly. Ken, Ken Dalglish was, was was junior football as well, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. and even up even up like a couple of guys you've had in the show, um, David Bagan and that. You know, mm-hmm. when, when they signed their first kind of contracts with Commander, the first thing they did was they were sent out to local junior teams. I know David was at Trun. I went and watched them there a couple of times. Um, I know other guys like Stephen Hamilton, who's now a coach at Hearts. I think he was sent to Darvel at the time. Obviously, Darvel haven't put the wear um, now, but. That, that, that was the breeding for them, and I, th- I think there's a lot to be said said for it. And as I say, it's it's what obviously maybe Callum and Mark would refer to as old school. 
Um, now, but it certainly didn't do those those guys any harm. Um, the same names you've mentioned there, the other Lisbon lines. Um, so yeah, obviously a good grounding for them. I think obviously now the kind of the money's in the game now, so young guys kind of have to earn their corn playing under 18s, under 20s football before they get to the first team rally and having that kind of loan spell out of the juniors to what I would imagine at the time was to toughen them up, so to speak. Yeah, but it's, I guess another really sad loss. So we've heard all the, the stories in the past couple of days about how kind of good a guy he was, how good a player he was, but just another really sad loss and what condolences go to Bertie Hill's family. But we'll, we'll touch on a, another story that's obviously just breaking as we've started recording it seems pretty much done that Rangers have found a new manager, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. It does look as if it's it's only a matter of time before it's announced. Shankers, we've done the show a couple of days ago and we touched on who would be next to replace Steven Gerrard. It looks as if Rangers have got the man they want. Aye, well, it was the, kind of, the target that was set for the start. It looked as if he had, certainly the, for the fans' point of view anyway, there was, there was one man that, that they wanted for the job, and and it looks as if it's, it's all but done. Um, whether whether it's right or wrong, it, it's yet to. Um, we'll have to judge them uh, maybe in a few months down the line. But I think we have to. He knows that the, the supporters will, will back him hundred uh, percent up to the to the help. He's got a. I know he, he might not be in the dugout and. The weekend because how how close the the game is and Tommy's appointment, but I'm sure he'll be there. Uh, he'll be hoping for a big performance and he'll be hoping that, that the management team that's in place uh, get him into a final and he's got a final to look forward to. But it's just probably going to be his backroom team now that's that we're gonna we're gonna wait and see whether there's somebody that's a bit more familiar with, with Scottish football recently than, than what he, I know he's played in Scotland, but as in more recently, like a, an ex-player or or somebody who's been around uh, Scottish football uh, in recent times or not. I don't know if there's any names that's been flying about. I've seen Kevin Thompson, usual Barry Ferguson, usual names flying about. I can't see any of them uh, being involved in it. But um, well, who knows? We'll wait and see it. I would imagine uh, some point tomorrow there would, there would maybe be an announcement um, whether the backroom team follow or whether the backroom team are, are there to be to be uh, announced alongside them, we'll, we'll see whether they bring some the some the Dutch that's that's maybe got an affiliation with the, the club as well. That maybe an ex player that's played alongside or, or whatever. But uh, we'll wait and see. As you said, it looks all but done, and, and it's times for for him and and the club now because it's been left in a a good position for him to take on. So. I'm sure it'll be delighted. We'll touch a wee bit on the the backroom team just to, just quickly before we bring in Callum. It does appear that the backroom team we don't know much about who it's going to be. We know a couple of names. It's not. We know it's not going to be Barry Ferguson. I think for kind of obvious reasons. Kevin Thompson. I've spoke to a couple of people close to that situation. They've said it's a no go. So again, it, it, there's no real names mentioned. I know Neil McCann's been mentioned. There's been Arthur Newman. I don't know much about if that's the case. But again, that's something we'll follow over the next couple of days. Callum, what's your thoughts on Giovanni Van Bronckhorst? Is he the right man for the, the position, Jim? We'll soon find out. Um, the thing, as Mark uh, picked up on there, um, whether he'll be in charge for the weekend um, is, is the thing um, that I think we'll be worrying 
the fans more than anything. Um, depending on, I think, um, the people who are supposed to be in charge for the weekend, uh, whether it was uh, a couple of people outside the phone stuff, will, will we get in before um, the cup final? That's the question I think a lot of folk will ask. Um, whether it'll be, if they'll find it different, um, not going without a manager, um, if they'll find it tough, but um, it, was, it was going to happen sooner rather than later. I mean, it was the only name that was going to really, everybody, I think, on the on the betting and on um, the rumours that everybody wanted. Um, looking at it online, I think he's the only one that um, it was likes right up the top. So I think at, at the end of the day, I mean, he's, he's the only one that was at the top. So um, and the only one that Rangers fans maybe probably wanted. So it's whether he's in charge for the weekend. Um, but if he's not, they'll have to um, go at it and see how they got on. The, it seems to be that there's even if he's appointed tomorrow, it will be likely that the the team of McCallum, Gilmer, Defoe, they'll lead the team out on Sunday. And obviously, the talk is Van Bronckhorst will be there in some capacity, but won't be taking charge of the team. Wilson, we'll bring you in in this one. Is it a good appointment? Do you think? Is it too? It's obviously too early to tell if it is or not. But do you think it's 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 only seemed to be one name, hasn't it? It's only been one name we've been hearing. It seems to be the the fans' choice, and it seems to be the board's choice. Well, I'll be honest, and I know you guys will be ready to shoot me down in flames. Um, I find it a very strange appointment, if I'm honest. Um, again, I don't know. Now, again, you'll probably correct me, Scott, with your contacts, but I I, I don't know if, if the Rangers board or faculty, whatever you want to call it, had a list. I think they're quite shocked by Stephen Gerrard's exit. Um, I don't think there was anything kind of concrete in place in the event of... Now, I don't think... I mean, again, I don't think anyone was expecting that. And we touched on the last show, Scott, that you and I did last weekend, you know, about, like, Aston Villa seemed to want Gerard, and that was it. There was no yeah. other real names branded about in, in, in other media outlets. It was Gerard, and that was it. And I, and I find that a wee bit strange about Rangers. Now, Rangers obviously took a, a big gamble on Steven Gerrard which some fans would argue in effect possibly paid off. But again, we touched on this and we touch on it most weeks about a Celtic fans going to have the same patience that Rangers fans had with Gerard. Are they going to have that with Post de Coglu? And then are Rangers fans happy with this appointment? And as I say, it seems to be kind of one name. I mean, I know initially they get all the guys out of job as they are my um, Dean Smith, Frank Lampard, etc. Were all like, but it didn't seem to go anywhere. It only seemed to be, you know, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's name was out first, and, and that was it. Now, I'm not. Again, I always think it's hard um, for a manager to come in um, mid-season. Um, again, he's, his Rangers are top of the league. They're in a semi-final. They're still in Europe. Let's take all the all the positives. But. I find it, I always think with a continental manager especially, they want to stamp their own authority on it. Is he going to change the style of play? Is he going to change formation? Is he going to bring in two, three players in January? It's, it's like he's got a kind of end-of-season job, pre-season job, going to the start of a new season to do within, you know, four or five weeks till, till January. Again, and I know we touched on this long ago about Kilmarnock, I actually thought Rangers would just bring in someone that knows the, the SPL, not necessarily knows the players, but knows you know the, the formations and the tactics that Gerard etc. had, and possibly a stopgap, um, and until maybe the end, the end of the season, 
because I, I think it's a big ask now because let's be honest, the only way Van Bronckhurst can go with Rangers is down. You know, they are top. They're in a semi-final. They've, they've done reasonably well um, in Europe. Again, he's going to take that job. And as I say, I, I would be very, very surprised if maybe one or two big names at Rangers don't leave in January for, for some decent cash, if you read anything into the, the figures. But, so I, that's where I think it's a, a wee bit of a strange appointment. Um, but again, there was no other real names like that. I, I find that amazing. And again, it's, it's always the same. So I go on about this all the time. Every time a club looks for a manager, and Aston Villa is the exception, <laughs> it's always somebody out of what they look for. They don't come in and like, like Aston Villa have done and they just went, we want Gerard, yeah. pinch him, there's your money up the road. You know, I, I find that strange. So I don't, whether it's a good point, Callum said that, you know, you've got to give the guy time, you've got to see who's won. But I That's just like, wonder, sorry. Is, is this the Rangers fans' first choice? Or are they just happy that it's a former player going to maybe not another? But that will buy him time, though. That will, if, if, that will buy him time, uh, his playing career. Same with Gerard to a degree. His manager career is a lot better, though. I, for, for five years, managed. He's won five trophies. And I think yeah, that's, that's what like, his, his, his last trophy was five years ago. He's been he's been in, he's been in China for the last five years, and I don't think his record there's in like Perry Upples at Stewart. You know, it's not. <laughs> the thing that, it's the not. Thing you were saying though is, I, I honestly don't think that there is much other choice for Rangers to go for, in my opinion. But again, Carl, that's what I find amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I go on about the size of these clubs all, all the time. Yeah, and and that's that's why I, why why can't I mean again. I, I know the money. I know the money's the biggest issue. I think it was somewhere... I think Rangers me. would be more than capable of going to Brighton. We want Graham Potter. There's your money. We're taking him because Rangers are bigger than Brighton. But do they have the money to snatch Graham Potter well, off of Brighton? Again, that's, 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 that's the interesting thing. That's that's where it comes from. And it always amazes me that if Rangers and Celtic don't have money. Um, but the, thing that's, the thing that annoyed that surprised me a wee bit as well was obviously when Gerard left, did, did Rangers have a candidate for just say for instance obviously a, a Premier League club could have come in at the time did they have a plan to maybe bring a manager in or did they have, have they done that it's just because Gerard's left but they I think, I said think they, they, they this, put it out that they had they had a plan they had a succession plan before this they were preparing for this that I don't see how they've only they've only I think the only person that they've had in place was Van Bronckhorst from the start it was the same for me when um when they didn't have a manager when Gerard came in. It seemed to me that they only wanted to have one person in place. Like you said, the Rangers fans, I know at the time, mechanic, they didn't want mechanics at the time. Was, I think it's similar to now. They didn't want Russell Martin in. They didn't want mechanics in. Callum Davis. And they didn't want these people in. I think the board has listened to what the Rangers fans want and they gave, they give them, tried to give them Van Bronckhorst. How, how did, just for interest, how would Ross Wilson and the board, etc., have a plan in place for a manager who was signed till 2024? Because well, it was almost no speculation with for Gerard for yeah, Newcastle before I think as that, well. I think that kind of triggered the, the Newcastle I, thing. I, 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 don't, I, don't, think Gerard, I, don't, I don't even think Gerard was in the running for the Newcastle job. Because, see, when he was asked by Emma Dodds that question, see if he was, he wouldn't have said that answer if he was in the running for Newcastle no, job. And see the, though, like, see the fact that he wasn't in for the job, that's how he gave that answer. Because there's been no contact whatsoever. So he's like, ah, well, there's no reason for me to 
not to say that reply because he's, he's not he's, he's not been asked for that job. So he made it as if, and then all of a sudden, there is concrete offers for him, and he's like, ah, by the way, I, I'm off here. And then he's looked silly. But I guarantee, I'd almost say 99% sure that there would be no contact whatsoever for Newcastle two weeks ago, and that's why he's gave the answer that he's gave. 100% agree with you, Shankers. And what what I think possibly, I mean, Stephen Gerrard, I know it's been used as a meme and all that, you know, I'm happy here, etc., etc. I think Stephen Gerrard looked at Newcastle and thought, they can bring in anyone they want. Absolutely, with the money they've got, they can go and get whoever they want. So there's absolutely no way I'm in the running for this. Right. You know, so he come away, he come away with that answer. Look who they got. Like, well, that, now now Stephen Gerrard might be thinking, oh, wait a minute here. <laughs> oh, wait a minute here. I should have been in with the Newcastle job. And then that's when I thought, well, again, I, I agree with Sean, because I don't think he was even on the shortlist for Newcastle, but I think he thought, that's the type of club I'm going to have to go to as I, as to, to get the move that I want, you know? And as I say, if he wasn't linked with Newcastle, I don't think he could have knocked back any job offer from the Premiership. And I think that's why he's kind of he's kind of taking. I mean, Aston Villa's a, a big club, you know. They're they're a big they're a big club down there, um, and I think that's why he's he's kind of graft started early because I think because he wasn't linked with Newcastle, and I think maybe in his ambitious mind he's thinking, well, listen, maybe. And then as you said, they went and get Eddie Howe. You're thinking, well, maybe I'm a wee bit raging that I never get interviewed for a Newcastle job. So, I the whole I, I I don't think Rangers were prepared for this. Yeah, I think if they were prepared and this then this whole backroom thing would have been sorted you know this would have been as soon as it was kind of it's going to be Giovanni Van Bronckhurst his assistant is out in China it's not going to be him the, the deal's going to be because what, what interest is it of anyone's really to announce Neil McCann because he's not on the job you know I agree I agree I don't, I don't think I think it's easy for them to say that there's a plan in place because it looks as if they're organised but I'd, I'd think it's came Totally unexpected. I'm not saying they wouldn't have had any names in mind at all. I'm not saying that. But for them to turn around and go, when Gerard's away, we've got ABC ready to get lined up. We've 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 got as Wilton says an assistant manager. That it seems to be that's the probably one of the only delays of the deal getting done because there's nobody in place. So it says that they've been ready for this, but then there's there's no backroom team. Mm-hmm. And Gerard was always going to Gerard was all the guys to Rangers. So yeah. see when he got another job, it was an yeah. effort moment it was going to take them all in because he's not going to get in there and start afresh again or there's no point in bringing them up and working with them all here. So it's inevitable. So I'm, I'm with Wilson on that one. I, I don't think they were as prepared as, as what is maybe getting made it to be. But again, it's another, It's we'll wait for official confirmation. We'll obviously be, be keeping everyone up to date as much as we can over the next couple of days as the uh, the announcement is likely to take place. If it's not on Thursday, it could be into next week. So again, it's a an exciting time if you're a Rangers fan with a, a new a new manager possibly coming in. But we'll move into the the big action over the weekend. Scotland booked a place in the World Cup playoffs. Two wins, a two 0 one over Moldova and Cheese now, and a two 0 home one over the Group Winners Denmark. Wilson, that must have been one of the best two performances in many years if you're a Scotland fan. Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. And I've watched a lot, a lot of games um, in the last in the last thirty years, probably. Um, but the, the performance against Denmark Monday night was top notch. The way we played as well, 
And as I say, always like these ones, it's hard to pick a man of the match. And, I, you know, I look at the likes of Suter, Cooper, you know, are, are these guys first choice if everyone's fit? Probably not. Probably not. Um, but the performances they put in, um, even Stephen O'Donnell, I thought, get, get past marks as well. I thought he did a, a reasonable job. Um, but again, you know, it was hard to... I, I know Patterson was... Um, was he suspended for the second game? Or, yeah, well, I, I get booked Because he, yeah. he, he was absolutely outstanding in Moldova mm-hmm. as well. Not just the, the goal and the assist, but his, his, his defensive display as, as well. And as I say, and again, we've always had hope as Scotland fans, but that's, Scotland should be going to Moldova and winning. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not should be beating Denmark at home, but now that's us going to places like Albania, the Faroes, Israel, Austin, winning. And, and, and that's what we should have with, it, with that pool of players that we've got now. And as I say, I know it's going to be very tough, whoever we get um, in the next couple of games in March. But there's, there's no reason to fear. I, I don't think there's any, there's any reason to fear. Um, I know, obviously, you wanted to avoid the likes of Italy and Portugal for obvious reasons, but all these teams will be dangerous. You know, I'm looking even at Wales and that. We've still got Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. They'll, they'll be a dangerous prospect, but I, 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 I genuinely can't see any of these teams coming to Hamden and winning, you know, with, with the backing and, and what we've got now as, as, as a national team. And as I say, I must admit, and I know we've kind of debated, more or less argued over this year, but that, that midfield three of, of Gilmer, McGregor and McGinn looks pretty nil. If I'm a Stuart Armstrong or, you know, even a McTommy, I think McTommy will play at the back, certainly, but I'm looking at that going... I'm never going to play. I'm never going to play for Scotland. I'm never going to start for Scotland again unless there's, you know, an injury. And what was quite and I don't know if you've seen it, guys. I was catching up in that whatever it takes about the qualification. Yeah. And it was going back to 2018 yeah. um, when Alex McLeish was in charge. And you're looking at the change. You know, McBurney was there, Griffiths was there, McKenna was starting. You know, Ryan Jarnell's injury pause. He was there. It's it's like a completely different team and a completely different me- mentality. Um, all the way through, and it's, 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 it's just really, really positive at the moment, and as I say, unless one of the kind of big, big hitters, McGann, Gilmer, etc., get injured um, for March, then full steam ahead for me. Yep. Definitely, a, a ton of credit needs to go to Steve Clark for uh, how can I much he's rejigged the team. Callum, what was your overall takeaways for the both performances? Yeah, just picking up on what Mark uh, says to start with, um, the, the second game was obviously the first game, obviously, no disrespect to Moldova, but they weren't obviously a lot better than Denmark. But Denmark were a team who got really far in the Euros and semi finals they got to. Mm-hmm. They were, they, they, even I know they had a lot of players out of the team uh, on Monday night. Um, they still they're, they're still get some top players in that team who are playing at the top clubs in Europe, some of them. Um, Schmeichel, obviously, in the team. But I think a lot of credit goes to. Another player who's no, we've no mentioned, uh, Martin never mentioned there was Liam Cooper. I think Liam Cooper in the two games was absolutely brilliant at the back. I know he played, he played amazing against Denmark. Um, but these are players who are in every single um, in the in the both games uh, that Scotland played. Obviously, there's players playing in, um, for great clubs down in England, down south. Shea Adams is playing for Southampton. Uh, Callum McGregor's a Celtic captain. Callum McGregor was. I thought Callum McGregor on Monday night was probably the best player in the park. I thought it was the way he controlled the boy was brilliant. Um, obviously, um, Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson are playing at the two, two of the probably the best clubs in uh, the Premier League. I think they've got that chemistry because they're both kind of similar, but they're both 
different in a way because obviously they both attacked, they both left footed. Um, as, as Mark was saying there um, about McTominay coming back in, whether he was swift back into defence. But I think Suter's made a great claim. Um, he's been unlucky with his injuries over the past few years. I think he'll make a great claim to come in. Um, obviously, there was a, a lot of problems in the, in the goalkeeping um, department over the past few years. But I think Craig Gordon's come in and he'll make a claim and, and he'll stay in that and uh, stay in the goal. I think he's Adams, Adams is another player as well. Scoring that goal, I think, will help him um, massively. Um, to try and push his Scotland career on. Um, but these are players that are all playing for great clubs um, and playing first in football. And I think Steve Clark's finding his best team now. Um, obviously, you've got, obviously, I mentioned Pats, uh, Robertson and Tierney. I think they're his strongest. But I think having likes of Patterson and O'Donnell fighting as well for the same kind of similar position will help him. But I think he's finding his real, he's, his, as Mark said, McGinn, Gilmore, and who was the other one? McGregor. McGregor. McGregor, that in that midfield, I think he's finding his best, his best team now. So I think the way, he's, the way he's, the team he's built and the, the players he's got, as Mark said, I think from now everybody in Scotland will be hoping that this is the start of the Scotland, Scotland going forward and playing in every single competition each year. Who 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 do you think? Because the way I look at it is now, you know, objectively, as you know, it'll be Robertson and Patterson as your wing backs. Mm-hmm. And then your your right sided one is going to be McTominay, and your left sided one is going to be Tierney. It's who plays in that middle yeah. position because Hanley had done well previously. Well. And again with Cooper, I, I, I mean I like Cooper more than Hanley if I'm honest. He plays a bit better, but Hanley, you know, does the dirty side of things a lot better. Henry's no cover. Uh, Henry's, Henry's not. Henry's Jack, no bad either. But, but I think I think Jack Henry would play in the right hand yeah. side of the three, and yeah, I think he yeah. would play McTominay there. If, if I'm honest, depending on what's available midfield. So I just wonder what you guys think, who, who that middle man would be, because I think Gordon's a stick on. I think, you know, Pat Patterson, uh, McTominay, Tierney, Robertson. Does he get a game over guys in the middle now pick themselves. Sorry? Patterson, does he get, will he get the game over, get a game over O'Donnell, will be the first pick over O'Donnell all the time, do you think? I, I think he is. I think he's mm-hmm. performing... I, I think it was to try and breathe them into the squad. Mm. And then, oh, that was a trick question. <laughs> it was all because it was all because. No, I, I think, I think Parsons' performance in Moldova now has just you know aged them out. And I dare say, if Parsons wasn't suspended on about whatever it was, I think Parsons would have started against Denmark as well. And that's yeah. no, no disrespect. I, I, I really like Stephen O'Donnell. I thought he was really mm-hmm. good at Barnett. I think his career started a bit at Mullerwell. Um, I think he could want to be bigger and better than Mullerwell, if I'm honest. No disrespect to them either, but. I, th- I think you look at Patterson now and, like, you know, the, the, the papers know, I mean, I know they talk a lot of rubbish, but they, they know a lot of stuff. And for him to be tipped forever than Aston Villa shows, shows what people think of them. So, as I say, at the moment, it's Patterson for me and probably everybody else. Stankers, what was your overall takeaways for the performance? And who would you, we'll go through the draw in a minute, but we'll ask you first, what was your overall thoughts on the performance? Yeah, there's, there's no much that the... Mark and Callum haven't really covered, but the Saturday, Friday, Friday night's game almost took care of itself. If Scotland are only going and, and getting results like that there, then we need to start. Uh, and then that's when we need to start worrying if they're, if they're not going to Moldova and, and running over the top of them. It's more <clears throat> Monday night's performance was for my t- time watching Scotland, and I've all, I always watched them whenever they're playing. I'm not like. Bolton, I'm no 
I don't I don't go to the games. An awful lot I go to the old game here and there, but I will always watch Scotland whenever they're playing, and that's probably the best I've ever seen Scotland playing as a whole team. I'm not just saying because it was a good result, as in performance, everything was perfect. Like you couldn't fault anything, and it's not as if you got a good sixty minutes and then they took the foot off it when it went two 0 Ninety minutes, you've got John McGinn running down the right hand side. Eighty nine minutes. Switches it to Adams. Adams knocked it for Armstrong to tap it in. The defender's got a great block on it, but that is at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Going uh, while you're up to nil, when they could have easily sat in, started lumping balls up and whatnot. But just the, all, all credit has to go to the players and the manager for, for that because you can see that, that there's been a hell of a lot of work done in the training ground or whenever they're just There's no way they've just done up, gone for it. I think it was five points out of possible twelve um, or some like that at the start of the uh, start of the group, and then to go six in the bounce, it, it shows the work that the, the team and the, and the manager have put on the training pitch, and and it's interesting now because Scotland used to have a we used to be, for maybe two or three years ago we had all these players coming through and and we maybe didn't have. We're going, can who's playing at the back? Darling Mulgrew's filling in there and stuff like that. Maybe you're sitting going, right, we've got McTominay, Cooper, Suter, um, Hendry, Tierney, uh, even Declan Gallagher to a certain extent, Hanley. There's six, seven players that if any one of them played in the team, you would be confident in getting a result. And you've got Parson, O'Donnell, even Ralston at right back. Right back was a bit of a problem to start with. Ryan Jack had been playing there, Ryan Fraser had been playing as a wing back. They've got options all over the park now. Che Adams is coming in. I mean, when Wilson was saying about McBurnley, McBurnley will never put on a Scotland shot ever again. Though. And that's unless, unless uh, the, the options through injury or whatever and he gets called up. But you've got Adams, Dykes, Nisbet, people like that. See the options of it. Forrest and Fraser can't even get a can't even get a sniff on the team really now. Christie played all day there. Christie was good as well. There's there's so many options. The goalkeeper, Craig Gordon, phenomenal again. He didn't really have much to do, but, but when he did, pulled off a cracking save. Yeah. Uh, first half, I'm, I'm sure it was. It's just it's just so exciting. Uh, even Scotland are playing now. People are, are sitting up, taking notice. They've got a game, selling it hard. They're going to do the pub with their mates. Uh, everybody's sitting up and watch, watch, watch Scotland and looking forward to watching the national team. And that's the way it should be. And it, that's that's no how it's been for the past three, four, five years. But see, since Steve Clark coming in, they get hundreds of criticism at the start. And there's probably some people thinking, uh, maybe calling call for his head or whatever. But see, now, if, if, if people, whoever was saying that, they've just got to. We just got to uh, bite the bullet and say, right, we were wrong. And and Steve Clark's gonna kind of go to the country believing again and and give the country a, a team to be proud of. And and every time it was it used to be a international break and everybody's like, oh, international break. It used to be a bit of a, a kind of bummer when that come up. And now everybody's like, oh, international break. Scotland's playing. They're in playoffs. They're in Euros. They're in uh, Nations League. Uh, Nations League. Um, Progressing up the leagues now, and, and it's just it's good to be a uh, to be watching Scotland and, and a supporter of the national team uh, nowadays. The way they're playing, and it's exciting times ahead. And 
and I'm sure we're going to come on to who we can get in the playoff and stuff. And, and right now, when you're looking at it, you're going, if Scotland play anywhere near the level that they played on Monday, you should not, not get any single team that is that is even even the seeded teams that are in there. If Scotland play like they played on Monday, I, I honestly think they could beat any of the teams that's there. And as we say, we'll touch on the, the six teams that Scotland could get. We'll go around the, the panel and get their, their dream draw and their worst draw out of these six teams. So just... Keep a note of these. Poland, Turkey, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Austria and the Czech Republic. Shankill's your dream draw and your worst draw. Who would you want and who do you want to avoid? I would take Ukraine or North Macedonia and then Wales in the final. Wales or um, Sweden. Think Probably, if, if I had to pick, like, a perfect one, it would be North Macedonia, then Wales, right? Uh, the worst one, I think, would probably be... The worst one would probably be... Is the Czechs unseeded? Czechs are unseeded, yeah. Mm-hmm. Republic, and then Italy, Portugal, or tough to Yeah. Wilson, you're... Draw to avoid in the unseeded section and then your team your team you would quite like in that unseeded section. Yeah, I think I think you know I would take North Macedonia, I would take Austria as well, we've beaten them away as ah, well. Yes. Um I would like to avoid Poland. Um I think Lewandowski would be someone to avoid. Uh, very I'm not saying he's a one man team, but he's certainly uh, definitely a a threat. Um, again, you want to avoid that lane in Portugal, let's be honest. Um, dream draw. Um, I, I, would, I would say North, North Macedonian Wales. I, again, I think I think the, the final game is away from home. Is that correct? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think that's an open draw. Eh? I think oh, it's it? a draw. I think you can get drawn at, at home. Oh, I think right. the, the semi is definitely at home, and then I'm sure the draw where... Yeah. where your final game is going to be well, that, that, I, again. That that would be fine. So and and an easier Austria, North Macedonia, and the first Wales in the final. The toughest one would be Poland, I think. Um, and then obviously Italy or Portugal would be would be a tough one. But Italy wouldn't bother me. It'd be nice to go and thank uh, their team and their fans for what they did at the Euros. Um, so that, that wouldn't bother me. I would like Sweden if I'm honest. Uh, my brother lives there, so it'll be three digs. <laughs> so uh, I'd probably go to the game if it was Sweden as well. Brilliant, Callum. Who do we want to avoid in the the draw, and who do we who would we be keen to get? I agree with Wilson. I think trying if you avoid Poland, um, it's a Obviously, as you said about Lewandowski, I think Poland are a great side. Um, but I would, as, as talking about a team that I would want, I would, I would actually like to get the Czechs again. I think what uh, the Euros, I think they're, they're so good, they're good going forward. But see at the back, I don't think they're very, very impressive. I think the way Scotland are playing, they knew that they could cut Czech Republic open. And I think the way that the Scotland are defending, they knew that they would actually be able to handle the Czech Republic. Um, I'd like to get, actually get the Czech Republic again because I think Rangers were. Uh, Oh, Scotland were unfair. Um, <laughs> I've just made that. Uh, but no, I think Scotland were um, unfair at the Euros. I think the, the, the Czech Republic's came to uh, Hamden and played uh, not their best football, but they, they got a gift to a goal to be fair. They got a gift to a goal to be fair, as you say there. But um, I think I think they'd actually like the Czech Republic's 
I think they would. Um, I think they would actually give you a check to publish again. Um, but as I say, you don't want. I don't think you want Poland. Obviously, um, I think you could beat Austria as well. I think Austria would beat them already. But I think the way Scotland are playing now, that I think they could come up anybody against anybody in the in the draw. now and they could beat them. I genuinely think that the only team that would, I think Poland is, as Wilson says, Lewandowski's just. I wouldn't want to play against Lewandowski if I was a Scotland defender, but I think mm-hmm. that's any defender. I always think, would, would, it, would it be his, would, I mean, what he is, would it be his last tournament, his last probably, yeah, song? Probably, so I, I think he's I, about I, 34. You, and I say, you want to avoid Portugal as well. Yeah, you want to avoid Portugal and Italy. You want to avoid Portugal and Italy, but I think the other teams, you could you could really give them a game easily. I don't think, oh, I don't I think Scotland have any to, to fear. Portugal and Italy, obviously, we know that. We know who they are, Italy are probably. So is it, only one, is it only a one-leg semi-final? Yeah, it's a one-leg semi-final one and a one-leg final. It just depends on the draw. I think the draw is this next Friday, so we'll have obviously covered the draw. We'll have obviously covered the draw as and when it comes out. But, well, Shankers, on you go. Can I just say something? You're meant to be the guy that did this, right? And again, it's obviously, um, it's basically everybody knows anyway, but Jim White's just tweeted that he's just had it confirmed that Van Bronckhorst is close to close to finalising a deal tonight. That's what he's just put out at twenty past nine there. Yep. So I don't know whether it would be tonight or on whether I don't know if they would do it at, at this stage to the night. Probably I think that I might imagine that, that it'll do it tomorrow. Again, it's obviously basically old news that everybody knew it anyway, but yeah. it's when 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 people like Hammer saying it, you, you know it's gonna Wonder why Jim White's tweeting it, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 but we'll probably, probably there with his autograph book and his scarf. Um, we'll touch on obviously. We did Shanker said there about international breaks usually been boring. This has been by no means boring in basically every aspect of Scottish football. Today was obviously the Celtic annual general meeting. It's the word that was quoted by somebody that was there was it was feisty. That was the word that was quoted as how it went. We I kind of followed it most of the day. Yes. Who told you that? Peter Wall? <laughs> he wasn't there. But uh, aye, it's just a, another kind of saga in this kind of Celtics boardroom. Wilson, I'll bring you in. Obviously, we spoke a lot about this in the past. Today wasn't a good look for the Celtic board, was it? But I, I don't know what they were expecting. You know, and I appreciate, I appreciate the I appreciate the club has to do these things. Now again, and I know we kind of had a laugh and a joke about the the Falkirk kind of managers kind of thing um, a few weeks ago, but I I sometimes don't get why these people put themselves in in that position in that firing line after the performance on the pitch um, last year. I don't know what they expected. Now, again, we are, I know Neil Lennon's away and a few of the players are, are now away, but I, I don't know I don't know what they were expecting. And again, I always think, I know the fans are, are, are the club, you know, and that's what, that goes for every club, but when it comes to things in the boardroom, I don't see, you know, what possibly members of the board, I know they're shareholders, they may be very, very wealthy people, but... I would like to think these people in these positions, I'm not saying they know what they're doing all the time, but they're, they're going to be better at the job than, uh, you know, Jimmy that's got 15 shares, you know, <laughs> m- mouthing off about appointments, etc. Now, I know the issues with Higgins and they had the protest recently, and it's maybe a place to air and fuse, but in a public forum like that, I, I just I just don't think that's, I don't think that's what this, uh, today's designed for. 
I think today would have been a great opportunity for the for the new manager or newish manager, I suppose, to come out, you know, talk us through Ange Ball, tell us what his targets like, tell us. What, I mean, I know he probably did that as well. Yeah. But again, all the kind of finance thing was always going to lead to awkward questions, shouting out for the galleries as such. Um, and I don't, I don't think the fans or Bankier or any of these guys come across well today. I think only possibly Posta Coglu come out with any sort of credit. And as I say. The fans need to be a wee bit kind of calm down themselves. He's protesting that doesn't do anyone any good. I appreciate their feelings on it, but I honestly thought the thing at Dundee was embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing with the tennis balls and that. Um, and again, so I, I just think, let, let, I, if you want change in the boardroom, then you have to maybe vote with your feet or vote with your tickets, whatever you're doing. But let's not, let's not take it away that We've been, every club's, or everyone has been affected by COVID in the last two years. I don't know what the Celtic fans were expecting. Yes, answer questions, but again, I don't think that, that the blame that they're putting out falls at the, the, the club's door as such, because Neil Lennon was given money. Neil Lennon was given the tools. He might not have picked some of those players, but again, that's not the board's fault. You know, if they've, if you've got somebody who was, was fella Nicky somebody, was it? Who was Nicky Hammond. Nicky Hammond signing the players then. You know, that, that, that's where your, your anger and your thing lies about signing these players. Um, not necessarily at the board. Again, Desmond wasn't there again. I can understand why that's up some people. 15 seed in a row, Dermot Desmond was yeah. the AGM. I mean, if what? I had his... If, if 15 I, seed in a row, Dermot Desmond didn't show up for the AGM. I mean, if I had his money, I wouldn't go either. You know, no, I, but, I, I, do you know what? Do you know the first thought I had after my club if I had his money? That's absolutely true. Do you know the first thought I had after today? Peter Lawwell was brilliant at controlling a situation like that. Yeah. Badly missed Peter Lawwell. And and then some, we said it before, sometimes you're you're better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Yeah. And, and, and was it just before, I think it was just before it says that it was stepping down at the end of the season and, and it was almost a, an uproar, a no, no bad, but an uproar. Like, Thank God he's, he's out and all that. And then... I don't think they realised maybe what a, what a job he had actually done at Celtic till, till he's away and, and you see, you, you're, I don't really know any. And so we're, I'm, I'm maybe kind of just the, the fitness side of things, but when you're saying it's no gone well, you're thinking, well, maybe a guy like that. There's still rumours that, he, that he's been there in some sort of capacity anyway. Yeah, I, I, come out today, the, the, the the, before they went into the, the AGM and the questions, they had a 20-minute video. It was an interview with Ian Bankier. And Ian Bankier was quoted in saying that Peter Lawwell had a really big influence in appointing Posta Coglu. I find that astounding because well, Peter Lawwell I, isn't there anymore. So how is he allowed to have an influence in who the next but, manager is well, he's not going to be there? The positive aspect is Peter Lawwell maybe has the foresight to see that Brendan Rodgers wasn't going to be there forever. No. I... I so Peter Law's maybe done his homework in terms of going round the world looking at managers, coaches, whatever whatever he's doing. Again, I I don't know if Neil Lennon was Peter Law's choice um, when he came in for, for Brendan Rogers. Um I think the due diligence was done then, but I think the whole height with a treble, treble, quadruple, treble, ten in a row. And I think Celtic just and it's maybe countering the point that I made I made earlier about Rangers. I think Celtic thought, right. Let's let's get a ten. I think yeah. no way they didn't want the ten as such. They thought Neil Lennon tried and tested. He's won titles. 
He knows what all firm games are about. Let's let's go. And the gamble for cold, safe pair of hands. And even I think even if Celtic had won ten in a row, I still don't think Neil Lennon would be the Celtic manager. No. Then this project of Posta Coglu, etc., would would have been going on, and Celtic would have a, a, a kind of rebuild or restructure, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> As I say, I if you're a shareholder at Celtic, I would have been turning up demanding answers about what happened on the pitch last season. Mm-hmm. Very very few clubs around the world will have made any sort of significant profit or massive dents of that in their books. The Celtic fans when they're asking what happened on the pitch. And maybe why Neil Lennon was allowed to go there for uh, for so long, um, but all, all all this stuff with appointments to the board and I, I sometimes think just you know what, what, the financial turnover and whatnot. No, I was. Well, I think I think it was, I think it was pretty good. Sales, it, it was pretty good compared reasonably to healthy, but not, yeah. nothing to the extent. You know, if if whoever wins the league this season, you know their debt's wiped. Yeah, correct. <laughs> if they get Champions League money, you know, and, and but that that would be the same for for any club. Well, maybe not the, the big rich ones in the Premiership, but even the likes of Inter Milan's AC Milan, these guys would be crying out for that money. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I I think sometimes the fans maybe get just get too much say. Um, it's, it's certain clubs and as I say yeah demand answers on the pitch but off the pitch don't worry about it Carl me you what you had no as I say I didn't really I don't know as Mark uh, Shanklin said he said about he, he prefers to look on the park as uh, I'm, I'm the same I don't take anything to do looking at the AGM meetings or anything but um, as Wilson said there um, a minute ago about um, at the time when um, Rogers and that was sacked and stuff and they were talking about it um I, I, I talked to a lot of Celtic fans in that at my work and people that I know who are Celtic fans and they were talking about the AGM meeting today and stuff and there was they they've brought it up for about since uh, Rogers left that they were they were they were they were they've been absolutely kicking themselves for the past however eighteen months to two years that they didn't get David Moyes in at the time. Now I know you haven't really spoke about it and I know it's a, it was going on to something and if it's thing they just stopped me but I've spoken to a lot of people about a couple of boys in my work who are Celtic fans. And they've said about the AGM meeting today, but they are absolutely kicking themselves that David Moyes didn't get the job because I think when Neil Lennon uh, got appointed, David Moyes wasn't in a job. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, and I know it's, it was a long while ago now. Celtic are improving under uh, Poster Coglu, but I don't know how you feel about that, and maybe it's me taking it a bit too far, but I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's hard to disagree on it because he wasn't in a job at the time. He's Scottish. He's a good manager. Which obviously he's went and proved it, proved it now. Uh, so that's probably hard to argue, but it's just a lot of things come down to financial. I know Brendan Rodgers, he would have probably, he probably, take a job at that time itself. He probably would have came, came down a wee bit on his salary because he would have been increasing money in his previous job in, in England. Uh, but I'm not sure Rodgers would have took a, a cut of some sort to come across as well, but. Uh, I think at, at that time they were probably Celtic probably thought they could get Mark Wilson in and win ten in a row. <laughs> so again, and I know I know it's a different stratosphere, but yeah, I, I agree with all those points. But again, Celtic would probably have found themselves in the same position because if David Moyes was in charge at Celtic and West Ham come calling, he'd be at the door. You know, he'd be away. You know, back to because I, I think he still thinks he's got kind of unfinished business. Folk talk about his success at Everton. 
in terms of the Premiership, bang average at Everton. You know, he didn't he didn't do anything great at Everton. Obviously, no one was going to fill Sir Alex's shoes. I felt yeah. a wee bit hard done by Manchester United. Um, I think he went to Spain. Yeah, so dad. Yeah. So I don't think he ripped up any any flowers there. Um, and again, his his next job was was a sticky one. He had to do well in his next job. As I say, he may have taken the Celtic job, but I'm sorry if West Ham had came calling a year or eighteen months into his tenure at Celtic, he'd have been away. He'd been away as well, similar to Brendan Rodgers, because you could obviously argue that West Ham are a bigger club than Leicester. So if they managed to attract, if, Brent, if Brendan's went to Leicester, then I imagine they would have tried Moyes to, to West Ham. Yeah. Celtic obviously have a, a cup semi-final coming up on Saturday. We'll preview that in a couple of minutes. But we're going to hand the floor to Wilson, who's going to give us his SPFL roundup for the next couple of minutes. Oh, well, obviously, Kelly straight back to the top of the league after a wee blip um, last week. And it's, I mean, it's tight now, that first division of the championship, as you call it now. Five I didn't realise it was as, as, as tight as what it was. Five, five points there. between the top five. Uh, the appointment of John Hughes obviously galvanised it in Fairman, who hadn't won a game for about a year um, away from home. Uh-huh. Um, and then suddenly a new manager comes in um, and they win their first win. Let's bust my coup, that's another story. <laughs> uh, obviously a great win for Ray Throwers at Hamilton, but Kelly's still top of the pile, but it is only by three points. I think the team can on far just now are Partick Thistle. They've picked up a good couple of wins and to go down to Somerset and score four. Um, it was a good result for them. So Ian McCall will be running for championship manager a month, I would imagine. First division, uh, again, they're tight as well. There's only four points yeah, between no, the top five, that was five teams in there. Falkirk running away at Dumbarton again, kind of puts them in the mix as well. What I did notice again in the second division was four home wins. Um, but Kelty have run away with that league. That's there as well, just calling that the now mm-hmm. um, and putting Kelty hearts up. But as I say, the, the, the leagues are tight and it's actually, you can go back to the championship. I think there's maybe only five points between sixth and tenth as well. Um, so, lot, 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 but I think they're kind of cut adrift now. I think, um, again, I know we're always expecting our growth maybe to um, kind of fail away, but they, they seem to be holding it in there. And as I say, four points from the top. But there's like then a big gap. I think it's eight or nine points between them and six. So all to play for. But the team, the teams we tipped at the start of the season, I think would have a wee bit extra. Um, so I think on my predictor, I think I went Kelly Falkirk Kelty. So not looking too bad. Kelly you think, uh, Kelly, I went first. You think Hamilton Aki's form is shut the club down? He's taken a wee bit of slip because of a certain fixture that's on their fixture list in the upcoming week. All the thoughts are going to Beachwood. Mate, mate, I'll tell tell you this to you. Talbot are (laughs) favourites. Talbot are favourites. I'm I'm not... I'll tell tell, tell you a wee story. I got a a phone call from Hamonaki the other day asking if they could play Stuart to prepare them for playing Talbot. (laughs) That's that's how bad Hamilton Aki's are. So uh, Tommy Sloan got mad in a month, but I think uh, well, I'm I'm Talbot all the way there. Hamilton Aki's a hopeless man. I'm sorry. I actually tipped Hamilton to, to do well in the league this year. So I, and and, and Lloyd, Lloyd tipped Wraith Rovers and all, so the twoies as well in yourself up my road. But no, no. Three points off top, you know? I know. I was going to be Kelly. Did they not beat Kelly? I'd say the man. I'd say the man. It's the man. 
And, and Inverness having a wee blip as well. Nah, That's that. kind of brought them back into the Oxy Partick beating Kelly as well. Kind of brought who, everyone together. So Who beat Inverness at the weekend? Dunfermline. Dunfermline, Dunfermline yeah. was it? First, first away win since October last year. Last and year? I'd back to draw. I'd back to draw as well. Couldn't believe it. Interesting. This brilliant roundup for Wilson there. But we'll touch on what's coming up this weekend. And obviously, we've got the, the Premier Sports Cup semi finals. We'll start at Hamden on Saturday, where Celtic look to beat the defending champion St Johnston. Callum, give us a wee prediction. Celtics and Johnson, who reaches the final? Ange or Davidson? Ange. I'm going Celtic. 2-1. 2-1. Wilson? Anytime you're back against Callum Davidson, he Come on, like I'm not playing. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I I think Callum Davidson is a wee bit of a sticky. Obviously, an incredible season last year. I think they've been a wee bit sticky recently. So I think I think actually might might be. I don't think Callum's maybe results too far off. I'm going to go extra time and go three two Celtic. Two votes for Celtic. Shankers Celtic St Johnson. Who gets to the final? Celtic. I think it'll be too strong on the day. Big pitch. At Hamden, they've they've done well recently. Uh, there. The uh, last few years, so I think Celtic, you know, clean sheet. You know. Yeah, I'll go another vote for Celtic. A clean sheet, you cannot. <laughs> <Clean sheet. laughs> I'm trying to reverse jinxes, so it's, so it's uh, it curses them. 3 1 Celtic, I'm going to go for. I think they'll, Angel reach his first final in a, a Celtic manager, and I think we'll be a comfortable one for Celtic. <coughs> Sunday, Rangers versus Hibs. This could be interesting because obviously we know Rangers. Likely to take this game without the a manager. Wilson Rangers Hibs, who potentially goes to Hamden in the December if we are one here. Again, it's it, it's tight to call. I mean, every other day of the week, I would take Rangers comfortably. Um, again, I sometimes think there'll be possibly a wee bit of kind of backlash in terms of the players. You know, are some of them now thinking that's Stephen Gerrard the way I'm angling for a move, or are they going to kind of perform and earn that move? Um, Hibs, Hibs for me are big game bottles at the best of time. Um, so my heart says Hibs, um, but my head says four 0 Rangers. <laughs> no, I, mean, I can't. I can't, I can't see. It. I can't see. I'll concede the traditional first goal. No, no. I think Jermaine Defoe will have them well versed at the back. <laughs> Shankers, Rangers, Hibs, who reaches the final? Rangers. Um, Hibs have had a long spell off players with COVID, etc. So I think that it, it's not the best preparation, probably. Uh, the only benefit I would say is the Nisbet. I don't know if Boyle was away. I don't know if they had any qualifiers. Yeah, Boyle was an international duty, yeah. So, but they didn't. They they didn't have any, as much players as Rangers away, so they maybe had a chance to prepare a wee bit and train. I know because I know obviously because they had COVID. Yeah, don't the, play the three last, weeks. I think the last two fixtures get cancelled, yeah. so I think it's maybe three, four weeks since the last game, which obviously didn't bode well. I know you can, my point of view as a player, you want if you're playing well. Or if even if you're playing a golf, you've got a final or that coming up. Like, you need a game. You need games before it. 
to get up to match speed. Rangers had that and Rangers, Rodge County, Mother were, were two decent performances after going a goal down, but but they kind of returned uh, after after uh, going a goal down, they kind of come back and, and scored plenty of goals. I think with the manager out, some of these players will maybe need to t- step up and, and take a bit of responsibility, like a captain, uh, McGregor, Davis, people like that, go on the side. Uh, I, think, I think these players will maybe need to step up, take a bit of responsibility. And and maybe with the doom and gloom that, of Gerard going away, obviously it wasn't there for long because talking to the new manager coming in, but what a way to go and and get get your team into a final. New manager come in, go and impress them. Go and go and go and stake your claim. If 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 you're in the starting team, if you're in the starting lineup for for Sunday, go and go and like some maybe Sakala who who was kind of in and out. He was kind of hitting a wee bit of form there. Go and stake your claim and say to Van Bronckhorst or, or whoever comes in. I'm imagining Van Bronckhorst. Go and stake your claim and say I'm I'm might have been this team week in week out. And, and I think I think sometimes when it's games like this, you get a wee reaction out of players. So I'm going for two one Rangers. Two one Rangers, Callum Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. Sorry, sorry, just on that because I know you've been in some naughty dressing rooms and you're damn sure. I I always just like see when they said like no disrespect to these guys, obviously know what they're doing if they're employed by Rangers on that level, but can you imagine like Brian Gilmore and these guys giving a team talk and Davis and McGregor on the pitch going, oh, they dafties. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the supply teacher. I, I like, I, 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 they bothered me. Uh, <laughs> like the Man United fella, I have been zone 14, pal. Don't you like? Is, uh, <laughs> is Marco spoke to you? Because Brian Gilman actually played with us at, at air when Marco was the manager. No, I just hope he's not took his management skills after him. <laughs> <laughs> you could always, you could always uh, tell he was going to go down that coaching road. And that. See, see, just on that, uh, his management hangs with Marco. I don't know if I've said that before. And uh, I can imagine if he does, like Marco, we come in and we can see that the last minute it's to anyone's. And I don't know if you've been in the home change room at Somerset, as you cut. I'm in the door and then through the change room there's a door into like the foot room chill stuff like that so we've come in and Kerzo's standing at that kind of door in the way through for the kit room and stuff and on the table there's pancakes and stuff like that for before the game they've got a wee bit deep there's a strawberry jam we've conceded at the last minute Marco comes in strawberry jam smashes it I don't know if he smashes it in the table smashes it in the wall and kills us when it smashes all the jams stunning over him <laughs> all over his face and he's all over his tap and that he's just stunning at the door as it came up today because he just could see that last minute I can, can imagine Brian Gilmore coming in and, and doing that to uh, Davis or McGregor if, if they could see the last minute <laughs> I think McGregor would probably see that and that, that's all I think that Shanker mentioned there as well. They've got a new manager impressed whether he's sitting in the stand or not. I don't you know. know. Magic press, so. Yeah, definitely. Carl, give us a prediction. Rangers, Habs, who gets the final? I think Rangers, obviously, as Mark said, uh, Wilson said about a couple of minutes ago, about any other day of the week, if it was Gerrard, you would back again. You would back with Rangers. But it's it's no, it's it's difficult, but I think it'll be, a, I think Rangers will go through, but I think it'll be, a, for the first half of an hour, I think it'll be Rangers trying to settle into the game. I think they'll, they'll, they'll struggle for the first maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. And then I think that's when they'll start to uh, ease into the game. 
But I'm going to go with Rangers. I'm going to go one now. I'm just going to go a standard one now because I think, as I, as I, as I said there a second ago, I think it will take them time to settle into the game under new under new management, obviously. But um, I'm just going to go a standard one now. One now, I'll go Rangers two one. I think we'll concede first and then go on to win the game, same as what happened in the fixture at Ivers a couple of months ago. With three games in the Premiership, we're just going to go give the three games and we'll give everybody their predictions. Did the United Aberdeen, Muddle, Hearts, St. Marin, Levy, Wilson give us three predictions for those games? Did the United Aberdeen first? I'm going. The, the, I had a wee look at it this morning. The, the Livingston one upsets me because I, I thought I maybe I went three away wins there. Um, but Livingston are, are terrible, absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, so I'll go Aberdeen, Hearts, draw. Okay, Shankers, the United Aberdeen, Muddle Hearts, and Marin Levy. Aberdeen taking a, I wouldn't say form, but with a few, a few decent results. So I think Aberdeen uh, is Aberdeen at home. Aberdeen are away. Away? Ooh. I'll just go just the 1 0 then for Aberdeen. What's the next picture? Muddle versus Hearts at Firth Park. Hey, I'm going to go with one each in that one. And St. Mum Levy? No, no, ref, ref wins. I <laughs> no, no. I can have, I can have a boring game. Both teams try to kind of cancel each other out. Stuff like that. Uh, what, what, what channels are that on? Maybe three draws then. Maybe three draws in the SPL this weekend. Could be. Here's <laughs> your tip, folks. Here's your tip. There's a fiver, fiver bet. <laughs> three draws. Callum, did the United Aberdeen, Murrow, Hearts and Marin Levy give us three score predictions? I'll go 2-1 Dundee United at home to Aberdeen. I'll go Hearts 2-0 away to Motherwell. And I'll go St Marin 2-0 at home to Levinson. Big goals. I think I think Shankers is right. I think St Marin Levinson's now now written all over it. I think that could be, because we'll just finishing that now. Hearts Hearts Mullow's interesting because I think Mullow did Mullow not beat Hearts at Time Castle a couple of weeks ago that could be a one I fancy Mullow there I'm going to go 2-1 don't Mullow. take any of my advice in a coupon by the way I have not a coupon up for about three years so <laughs> no take mine three draws folks if you're watching three draws the D United 2 Aberdeen 1 I think the D United will bounce back after a, a couple of bad results but again another exciting weekend in the Scottish football the domestic action is back Wilson, Shankers, Callum, thank you very much for joining us as always. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us on. Thank you very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and follow us on social media. We will hopefully, if any managerial news comes in at Ibrox, we will hopefully be one of the first to report it. And if any other news comes in in Scottish football, this is a place to be. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers.